Hey, Online Business Edge podcast listeners, Jared here. This week's episode was recorded live in front of an audience at Kajabi Hero Live in Austin, Texas. So there's going to be a little bit more background noise than you're used to in a typical podcast. But since so many of you couldn't be there in person, we wanted to ensure that you got a taste of some of the amazing content shared during the event. With that, let's get to our conversation with Patricia Nicole, founder of Painted Hair Online Education. Here at Kajabi, we're known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Online Business Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today I am joined live in person with a crowd at Kajabi here alive by my friend Patricia Nicole. How's it going today Patricia? Great, how are you? Very good. Uh, Thank you for taking some time out of your day to both speak at the event here as well as this podcast podcast session with me. Um, let's just start by giving your your 15-second-ish elevator pitch on who you are and what you do. All right. So my name is Patricia Nicole, and I'm also known as Painted Hair on Instagram and TikTok. I have a following count of over 1.5 million people. That I have been able to then build my online education um, and grow it to a seven-figure business. So I love, I am a super fan of Kajabi. Amazing. (laughs) Well, I have a following count of about 1.5 people. So maybe you can, maybe you can lend some tips. I'm sure that some of our listeners would be interested in hearing. Um, Well, let's just get back to as far as we can go to the beginning. Uh, What did you do before this? Did you start out with a regular job or how did you get started in this field? Sure. So I am a hairstylist. And when I built my social media following, I primarily showed before and afters of the looks that I had created. And for me, I felt like it was really important because I wanted to give my audience sort of an insight into what maybe the beginning of someone's hair, you know, their starting point and then where they could go. And I also then developed my own technique called painted hair. And I built curriculum from, you know, with that technique. And then that's how I built my education. So Amazing. And just because we're live and in person now, I've got to ask, do you think you can do anything for me? <laughs> you know, it's so <laughs> funny. I, it, a lot of the guys that I meet are like, hey, do you think you could paint my hair? And they could be like bald. <laughs> for all of those listeners who are not seeing video this time, I am bald. That's my joke. <laughs> it's a terrible one. No, that's awesome. <laughs> um, well, take us a little bit more like in depth in that journey. You sure. started, I imagine you were maybe working in a salon yeah. of your own or someone else's while you started this process. Yeah. Uh, how did you amass that following? Did you have 1.5 million uh, oh, while no. you were still working? Or <laughs> So what happened was I was able to uh, 
really show my technique and then develop sort of a look for myself. And because of that, I felt like because of my like style, that is what really allowed me to grow following. It did take me over 10 years to do it. And so what I would say to that, it's very important to not just build a following that's just numbers it's one that is an organic following that is following you for the right reasons because if you do that then you are going to be able to make and grow your business even more so i started off and i was working in you know a barbershop and then from there i just continued on my journey now i have my own studio and i sort of do things um, where i create content now and i really really focus on my online education yes well i actually really appreciate the the decade-long stories because I think even those who claim they have overnight success, there's at least a decade worth of building. That was not me. Beforehand. (laughs) That was not me. And I I didn't have any goal. Like, I didn't say to myself, I have to reach a million people or I need to reach. The goal was to reach the right people, was to reach the right audience because... You know, if you... Sometimes I will look at other people's page and they'll have a big following... But like maybe five people will comment or they're not getting a lot of engagement. And I, to me, I'm like, well, it's sort of like missing the point of why you have this community. I really wanted to make sure that I was able to get back and, and really have people that will say, I have followed you from the beginning. And now you're at this point and I've watched your whole career transform. I'm getting inspiration daily from you. And also, you're easy to talk to. I communicate with everybody through as much as I can in the comments and DMs. So I really try to stay as active and as personal as I can. So what, I guess, what was the the marker for you? When did you know, like, that your audience size had reached something that you could actually potentially monetize in other ways aside from getting them into the salon or into the barbershop? Yeah, so I started to have brands approach me. I would say that was the beginning. There was, it was actually, there was two parts to when I realized, hey, I have a lot going on here. I really need to figure out how to manage it. And, you know, I have to give a shout out to my husband, who's also my manager, because he came in, he started working with me very early on and allowed me to make use of the Instagram videos. And from there, I feel like that is where my following sort of, you know, it it just like catapulted my following because I had such good video content from the beginning. And so when people were saying, hey, we want you for classes or hey, we, you know, I'm this brand and I want to work with you. And how can we make a partnership? Really being able to have an idea of where I want to go from there. You know, um, that's when I realized like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm going far here. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, how did that, how did that actually work? Did someone reach out to you and like, and what was your audience size like at that point? So I would say that started maybe around um, like when I was about at a hundred thousand. Because when I was at almost 100,000, people were still at like 10K, 5K. And so being at 100K was like, wow, that was like being at a million. Um, Because I don't think that people realize that you're following unless you were like a celebrity could really even grow that big, you know? And so um, I would just, I just very simply added my email address to my, the top of my bio. And from there, my manager, my husband would go and he would take all of these like requests and he would manage them. So it all went through him and it made it look very organized. Like, wow, we have somebody we can reach out to. Someone's going to respond. 
It's either a yes or no, right. and then we can decide what we uh, wanted to do with our business from there. Help, help me understand, uh, what was your thought process or did you have a plan or philosophy behind beginning to monetize that size of audience? Really, for me, I knew what was important, more important than having a business with a lot of customers in my chair was being able to create valuable content. So that changed my whole job, my whole career. It changed everything. I knew that I needed to be able to support my business and and let's just say I'm renting my studio. I need to be able to cover the overhead. I need to be able to pay my bills. But how can I do that if I'm not doing 10 clients a day? Right? How am I going to put away my 401k, pay for my kids' college? What what am I what am I doing here? So in order to to have that business mind and to be able to scale and grow my business, my education, um, I really had to be focused, driven on my content, and um, that then allowed me to become more valuable to people who wanted to do business with me. Yeah, I mean, you can only do so many haircuts. Uh, right, and so, you know, I, I and then also when you go into the realm of doing, even having an assistant work full-time, you can't travel, you can't, you know, if somebody said, hey, I want you to go to this three-day workshop or whatever it was, you know, I really needed to figure out a way to go in, create content three days a week, and then have the flexibility throughout my week if I needed to go somewhere and do something. Tell me a little bit more about what you do with Kajabi today. Sure. So when I started out my education, it started with in-person classes and we were getting so many emails from people all over the world saying, Hey, I would love to make it to your class, but you know, financial reasons or this or that, I can't come and travel. And we started to build our online education and we first started on Facebook. From Facebook, we then, um, found Kajabi and we fell in love with the platform. And so uh, when the pandemic hit, it's funny because we are like, thank God we had this insight to like, what are we going to do to be able to support our community even before the pandemic? So we allowed online education to be the second part of our business, which then became the primary business we had when COVID hit. Wow. And yeah, and I imagine what an incredibly hard time for people in your field. Oh my goodness. It was, you know, it was so sad because you see stylists who now you can't go to work, you can't do anything, you can't support your family, you you have no rent support, like whatever the story was. And um, what we were able to do in our own way was build a community of stylists who were so hungry to get education so that way when we were able to go back to work they could raise the prices in their own business and that's exactly what happened they can learn social media strategies a lot of people struggle with social media a lot of people struggle with how to even focus their business with their clients in their chair and and we were able to give that information to them in a way where they could go back and grow I'd love to actually talk about that a little bit more. It's something we haven't touched on in a while. Sure. Uh, I mean, I feel like we're post-pandemic now. Yeah. I, I don't know who, it's over, who decides, but yeah. <laughs> um, like how how was that for you and for your business to cater when you started catering to stylists and not maybe uh, forgive me the terminology. I don't know if it's stylist or oh yeah, you can say hairstylist. You can say okay. beauty professionals. You can say, you know, the hair yeah. world, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So so when you cater to that, that yeah. group of people, as opposed to the person actually getting their hair cut, how did that impact your ability to sell to those people who are now suddenly displaced, out of a job, unable to sell? So if I understand this question, I would say 
that yeah 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 so i'm just interested in like uh with with the pandemic all of the stylists uh-huh. were effectively like they, they were working out of their garages right, if they were right, lucky right. right so not a time to where i would imagine that anyone is investing heavily in education oh okay so i what allowed us to really um grow in education at a time when maybe money was a little bit tight was that I had already built such a reputation within my community where people said, now I have the time to really learn from her. Now I have the time because I was very clear with what my education was going to provide for them. It was going to provide them tips and tricks and tools to grow their social media following. It was going to grow their, their technique as a stylist. It was going to be able to give them insight and growth into their own business, how they could grow their business just through retail sales. So learning all of that and also my ticket price, it had to be fine tuned. So I made it to where it was a one-year commitment. It was a one-time fee that they paid and they would have access to the entire year. So they can learn at their own pace. I think really pricing your education and finding that sweet spot is so important. Let's talk about pricing a little bit. I I think that's such a sticking point for someone because there's no rule book for what a course on running a hair salon is. Yeah. And so what I did was I just priced my online education ticket price as the same as it would be for an in-person ticket price. And for that, they would receive one year of online education, which to them was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is such a steal. I'm never going to be able to, um, you know, get this. And we ended up just keeping the price there because we're like, hey, you know, we are a profitable business. We're doing well. We just, what we did to up the ticket price is not change the initial price of like the main ticket, but we built like a, a master class. And so that way it would give the stylist access to a lifetime membership. As long as the program's there, they would have access to it. They would be able to come to an in-person class and they would receive a certificate. So that is how we were able to really elevate and, and earn more. And it's interesting because when we offered that higher ticket price, we had a lot of students sign up during a pandemic. And you know, we didn't want to say, this is what you have to spend. We didn't want to have that mindset. If somebody was able to do it and if they, they felt like it was now they're going to have the time to learn, then great. But we, I feel like we, we priced it at a pretty good price. So if, if there's someone listening who's like me and I jokingly said I had 1.5 followers, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's possible. But um, if there's someone who maybe has no audience or a really small audience of friends and family, any, any tips you can extract from your journey, um, you know, catering to your specific niche that might be applicable to everyone who wants to build an audience? Sure. So what I would say is if somebody really has the desire to build a social media following, They need to figure out what it is that they do, what they love to do, what they're passionate about, and they need to stick with it. So of course you can have your own personal social media page, but I think that it should be separate. So for me, I I actually don't even have a personal social media because I once I'm done working on my page, I'm like, all right, if I need to talk to someone, I'll call them on the phone, you know? (laughs) But it's it's interesting because um the way that I was able to get my fix and, and I feel grow an organic following was I told a little bit of the highlights of my life and wrapped it into my hair painting. And so people were able to see the journey 
of where I was going, what I was doing, but also see my work grow and evolve as well. So I would say the important part of growing your following is making sure you have great content. You're using the right hashtags. You're engaging with other people that are in your community. So going to like, say you're a barista and you want to have a social media page with coffee. You're going to go and you're going to communicate with other pages and build your following that way. It's, it's work. And I won't say it's easy because I do put a lot of work into what I do. Yeah. And that's what I would say. Just be passionate about it and uh, be intentional. Yes. Well, I mean, you really touched on it. I think there's two critical factors out of, you know, hitting almost a hundred episodes of this podcast. Like I hear this nonstop. Number one, you have to start because until you take a step, take action, nothing's going to happen. And two, it's that persistence. Persistence. It's that persistence to keep going, to keep posting, maybe even when no one's listening. Totally. And even if one person's leaving a comment, you want to really make sure you're engaging with that person. And, you know, I used to become... I used to get sometimes discouraged because with Instagram, they'll go in and they'll remove bots from your page. And so when they remove bots, then you see your follower count go down and so on and so forth. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm losing these people. But I have always had the mindset that the right people on my page that want to be there are going to stay and they're going to stay true. And that is how I'm going to build my organic following. So when people have, actually, this is interesting. If somebody has, let's say 10K followers, and then there's another person that has 100K followers, if the 10K following is engaging with the with the person and the page and liking and really, really, you know, saying things organically, that page is actually more valuable than the 100K page. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's all about organic reach. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, take us a little bit more on your journey into your digital products. Uh, was this, uh, I guess, was it pandemic field first of all, or was this uh, just flexibility? So it wasn't necessarily pandemic field it, because we started it pre-pandemic. Really what it was, was just being able to give education to stylists on demand. And for us, we felt like in order to do that, um, and in order to build sort of a discipline to, to filming online education videos, then we needed to do it in a subscription model. And we needed to obviously just figure out how to, to plan that into our life. So, um, you know, we started out with once a week, we would do a video and we did that for a whole year to build a library. And, and also with pandemic happening, it was like, okay, now we really have to do this. So first it started out, we need to have the discipline. So that way we have more of a, a, a strong online education presence. And then, you know, now it's like, oh my gosh, there are a lot of people following. There's a lot of people buying our subscriptions. Now we're doing this full time. So it just really catapulted us into this business. Yeah. I mean, it's the classic opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. We wanted to be prepared. We wanted to make sure even when I want, you know, was even thinking about becoming an educator, I would tell Josh, I think Josh is my husband and my manager, but he would say, people are asking about your technique. You have to teach it. I'm like, no, I don't feel like I'm ready. So I really took about two or three years to develop my curriculum. So that way it was strong enough to where I felt like people are getting value from this. Wow. Two to three years. Oh yeah. I go on two and three year. Like I'm not doing it until I feel like, you know, I mean, I already had the experience as a stylist. I've been doing hair for 20 years, but you know, I just want to make sure that I'm very well-rounded in, in what I'm giving people. Yeah. I mean, I love the focus on you. You're obviously going to get a quality product. Any any other learnings in that? Do you feel like uh, it's two to uh, 
Is that a lot of time or do you feel like you should be putting things out there sooner or has that been? I'm sure I could have been, I'm sure I could have jumped into it sooner, but also I think that there is a, um, I think there's a benefit to taking your time sometimes like the, and really because you can plan and you can really execute a well-developed product to where you can then charge a higher ticket price. So if you feel like your product is not completely dialed in, then maybe take the time and focus on the areas that you want to make more solid. When those are all dialed in, then you can grow your business from there. Well, you mentioned earlier, uh, you've grown this, scaled this to a seven-figure business. Uh, I'm interested, what was that trajectory like? How quickly did that happen? Where did it, was that all at the tail end of the 10 years we talk about, we, t- we spoke about earlier? Or? Oh, I would say the seven figure business happened w- before pandemic. So we, wow. yeah, so it was maybe in November, we started our online education. And then by February, the pandemic was full force. Everything was locked down. So from there all the way until now, I mean, we saw a lot of sales during the pandemic. I mean, it was a lot. We still have been able to scale that because of our reputation. And all of our all of the stylists that are a part of our community and all of the stylists we've taught in person, they'll post on their own social media. So we incentivize our students to do that as well, to give us a, a even more of a push and even more credibility. We'll say, we're gonna do a giveaway if you guys, you know, post on your social media about what you love about our education. That gives other stylists, you know, like, hey, I need to invest in this as well. What are what are some of the learnings uh, of going through that course building process that you think would maybe be applicable to someone who's considering starting that process? I would definitely figure out how you're going to market your business um, because it's one thing to actually build a solid business, and then it's another thing to be able to translate that and show other people who are interested in what they're getting, what value they're going to get from your from your business. So I would say a lot of Figuring out, are you going to do a push through ads? Are you going to really do maybe a giveaway on your social media page? Are you going to utilize your stories? Are you going to make reels that are going to show little bits and pieces of what people are going to be able to receive? That's what I do. I would say, you know, all of the reels are little bits like of my process. And then people are like, I want to see this full process. I want to watch her do it live. I'm going to subscribe to her. And then also, um, you know, again, you want to build a library because then that might be another way that you could, you know, grow your business. So you could have the live streaming with the library or you could just have people buy your library. For us, we did it for a year. We live stream once a week for a whole year. And, um, you know, think about all the things you're able to have a community where you just do Q and A's or people can buy into your giveaways. You know, there's so many ways that you just have to become very focused on what your direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how I feel like every business that you get into it, almost like there's the job and then there's the real job. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so, and, and I think that it helps to have somebody on your team who can focus on this full time. Like for me, it's my husband, he's my manager, he manages the community. So that way I, and then he also works with me. So I creating content. So we definitely try to be very um, tight knit when it comes to how we work, but it also allows me to be the creative, allows me to 
do the hair and really focus on being a hairstylist as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, really important what you pointed out. Like the focus on marketing is such a crucial aspect oh, yes. to becoming successful. Yeah, definitely. And I would say don't lose track of your social media page. So even though, let's just say you have a business and somebody's running your social media page. I would say if you're at a certain point where your engagement is not very high, I would almost take that personal social media back and and work on it and actually get a feel for the people who are following you, engaging with you, responding to DMs, um, because then that's going to even help you grow your business even more. So for me, even though I have the following I have, I'm still 100% invested in my uh, my online community. I still answer all my DMs. I respond to all my comments. I do it all myself. Wow. And uh, how, how big of a, a community, uh, I don't know if you're willing or if you share this, this publicly, but if you do, uh, how big is the community today? I would say... It's hard for me to say because I actually don't even run that portion of it, but wow. it's it's huge. Yeah. So I will just say it's huge. And um and it's great because I know all of the students on my online education, a lot of them are previous students that I've had in my in-person classes. So that that is also translated into um students online as well. And how on earth do you keep up? <laughs> <laughs> I think I just have the personality where I, I'm a very personal, I, I like, like, I know everybody's name. I know everybody's story. I know where I met them. And I think it's just being intentional about why you're doing what you're doing. And for me, you know, I've had a lot of people help me through my career. I've had a lot of people, you know, I wouldn't say it's been an easy journey, but I would say that the people that believed in me and pushed me, I will never forget that. And I'll, and I will always credit that is the reason why I am here. And I feel like I have that responsibility to be the same to my own community. So that's why I, I'm very intentional with making sure I know as many people as I can. Yeah, I think you bring up a really powerful point uh, and a very, very relevant point too, as we sit here in this space amongst several, you know, hundred other entrepreneurs, creators, how important that community is, even if it's just a small community to identify that, that, that person who can help push you a step forward, who can give you that little bit of encouragement, because outside of that, entrepreneurship is a very, very lonely endeavor. There's no manual for being a hairstylist that does education. Like, yeah. And I think like back to social media, social media is social. And the way that you really grow and grow an authentic audience and just people that want to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's your education or just continuing to even follow your page and support you, you have to have to be invested in that on a personal level. And I've always felt that responsibility. And I've always felt like that was the reason why I've been able to, to get and achieve what I've achieved in this life for sure. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, Nicole, tell us, I guess for anyone who is interested, uh, I'm obviously not the best candidate personally, but... You don't want to learn hair painting? <laughs> uh, maybe head painting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can imagine that most of our listeners probably do indeed have hair. Uh, what's the best way for them to check you out? Um, sure. Learn more about you, learn more about your programs. Yes, definitely. So I would love if you would... Let's just say this. If you have heard this podcast and you're inspired, please follow me. Um, my name is Painted Hair on both... TikTok and Instagram. And you can always send me a DM and say, Hey, I, I heard you on the Kajabi podcast and I will pretty much 
find it and, and, you know, message you back and say thank you. So Instagram and social is always the best. And my online education is www.thepaintroom.com. What I will say about my education is it's not just tailored for it's it's primarily tailored for the stylist, but also there's business, there is social media, best practices. There's so much education on there that could help any sort of business. Yes, yes. Well, I, I got to throw in a shameless plug here too because you sure. brought this up. My favorite favorite thing is when I have an interview with a guest and they reach out to me later and share. I just uh, that someone reached out to them over social and said, I heard about you on the podcast. So yes. if you are listening to this recording, please do take, take, take Patricia up on this offer. Please send her a DM, let her know. Cause I want to hear back from you as well. When they reach out, I, I absolutely love it. Warms my heart to levels I cannot speak of. Yeah. And I think that's what I, why I do what I do and why I am such a social person. It It's like all of these little moments where somebody's being genuine and they're sending you taking time out of their busy day to send you a message and just say, Hey, so nice to hear from you. Or, you know, I, I love what you had to say or any of that. It just, those connections are so meaningful and so heartwarming to your point. Yes. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, both to speak here at the event, as well as to hop on a podcast. Sure. Again, a very special moment for us recording live. This never happens. So all of this warmth everyone hears in the background, <laughs> yeah. you hear the crowds, you hear the music occasionally. An awesome crowd. Yes, an incredible crowd. Uh, but yes, thank you again for taking the time to share with all of us. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, that is all we have for you this week. We will look forward to seeing you all next week on the Online Business Edge podcast.